it's kind of easy to button up your marketing for the most part. But then to get everyone internally in your company thinking that way and acting that way, that's really what's difficult. And I think that's really what separates like great brands is that they have, you know, teams that are really well trained, really understand the brand, understand what the values are, understand what the behaviors are that fall out of those values and they actually live them out. You're listening to the Remarka Brand Podcast, where authentic brands win. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Remarka Brand Podcast. This is Mike Jones and my co-host... David Cosand and... Sam Pagel. Woo, we're all back. Yeah, wow, awesome. we got the whole team here, the three musketeers. The crew, yeah. the squad. We've had a few episodes in between our last chat the three of us were on. And I just want to remind ourselves and our listeners a little bit about what we talked about last time we were all together. We talked about how authentic identity builds lasting relationships and how that's really the end. That is the goal of business, right? The money is important. We all acknowledge that. Sure. But the relationships are the end. That we're trying to build things, create things, serve people well, right? And that brand is an integral part of building those lasting relationships. So if you didn't hear that episode, maybe go back and check that one out. I think it'd be a really helpful one as you jump into this one, if you haven't heard it yet. But this time we're going to be talking about how, okay, you've, you've done all this hard work. You've really figured out your brand. You've got a sense of your identity. But now what do you do with it, right? You've got all these assets. You've got a great brand anthem that you want to introduce to the world. Do you just start shoving it out in the marketplace? Or should you maybe bring it internally first to your team? So we'll get into that. Got a bunch of questions we're going to work through. But before we do that, got to do a little improv, Sam. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we're going to do some name 10 things here. And in the interest of, you know, thinking about team members, you know, internal teams, I want to name 10 swag items you hope to get from your employer (laughs) this Christmas. (laughs) I definitely want a swag hacky sack again. Ooh, swag hacky sacks. Those were epic. Got to bring those back. Yeah. That's good. Mike? Ooh, uh, I'm on the hot seat. Um, Let's go classic hat, but not classic hat style. I want a Stetson. Stetson. Branded Stetson. That'd That'd be really cool. All right. Uh, I don't know about cool, but it'd be something. Number three, uh, I'm thinking maybe uh, maybe a 12 pack of like branded toilet paper. <laughs> Why not 18? I don't know. Costco size, my I friend. Don't know. But it'd be like three ply, like primo. <laughs> okay, uh, we go. Oh, so many bad mental images right now. Swag, uh, pickleball mallet Ooh, racket. Yeah, <laughs> that's hot right now. Yeah. So, so hot, hot right now. So hot right Get now. Get in on that. Uh, branded speedo. Yep. You know, because yep. when you're when you're at the European beach. Yeah. That's where all that's your, the only place I wear a speedo. That's where your clientele is too. Your target market probably. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go back to the pickleball and just do a branded like one of those giant pickles that comes in like the sack. You know. Just Ooh. A, a branded pickle. How cool would that be? A branded pickle in dill? a sack. Yeah. Bread and butter? Yeah, dill. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, introduce your own corporate Pokemon cards. Oh. Ooh, like, that's cool. Like your like, team members yeah. or the characters. But anime yeah. style? Exactly. Yeah. That'd be cool. You gotta have blue hair. Have superheroes. Yeah. Superpowers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good Collect idea. them all. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. 
I just came up with that. How many HP points would you have in yours? 400. <laughs> I don't know. Is that good? I don't know. <laughs> um, okay. Brandon, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm really praying for this one mm-hmm. from Santa. Mm-hmm. Do you pray? I don't pray to Santa. <laughs> Nobody should be praying to Santa. Dear uh, Holy send Santa. him a letter. <laughs> send him a letter. Ask, ask him. Uh, I really want my own personal AI assistant who hangs out in my office that I can just talk to, you know, when mm. I'm, when I'm just having a hard day, it's just, it's been a tough day. People are, people have been just unkind to me. Mm. I need someone I can talk to yeah. who can help me, you mm. know? Hey, yeah. hey, Jerry, his name's Jerry. I would love that too for you, Mike, because then I wouldn't then have you... to listen to that all day for me. Yeah, so now I can Burn. have my, my 30 minute, uh, <laughs> history of Rome chats. <laughs> a Rome bot that Rome Mike can bot. talk to. <laughs> That's a great idea. I'm going to look into that right now. Uh, I'm going to say a uh, branded houseplant. Mm, branded okay, cool. houseplant. Yeah. You get leaves. that at the conference. Yep. You get that yep. succulent swag. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they are, right? All right. Last one, David. What do you got? Oh, I thought that was 10. Shoot. <laughs> no, uh, one more. Branded bag of marbles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's, just, it's kind of like the pickles, but they're smaller and... And not edible. No, we're clearly nearing the end of a Friday <laughs> on this one. <laughs> All right. Hey. Great job, everyone. I just liked the succulent one. Yeah. Succulent swag. That's good. Yeah. That's like its own company right there. Sure. All swag that's succulents. I did, like Rombot, personally. <laughs> do they laser your logo into the leaves? Yeah. Every leaf is your logo on it. <laughs> yeah. Poor plant's dying. It's like on fire. Oh, man. No, they'll evolve. Bob, yes, that's it. To meet your brand requirements. <laughs> I love it. Find your frequency. All right. Let's jump back in here. Okay. So you've got your authentic identity for your firm, right? You've done some really hard work. You've unearthed your values. You understand the personality of your firm. You've got probably some great assets, new logo, new colors. Maybe you've refined some things you've already got in the past and you've got this great brand anthem that really summarizes your entire brand in like three to five sentences. Okay. You got these great assets. You're all excited. You really want to go to market with them. Why would you not go directly to market with them? And instead maybe focus on your team first and integrating those into your, into your firm. Let's talk about that. Why is that important? Well, I've got some thoughts on that already, Mike. I guess, first of all, hopefully you included your team in that journey mm. up front. Hopefully it's not like this big reveal, like, here's who we are. <laughs> and people are like surprised by it. Yeah. Or caught off guard or like even worse. No, you <laughs> nope. know, that's nope. not what we feel like. That's not what we look like. That doesn't sit well with us at all. Now, there may be some things that are new and different and not what they're expecting, which might be a good thing, right? But hopefully you've involved your team as a part of that journey, right? Because I think it's important that they're speaking into it, that they're informing it um, because your team does make up your brand, right? So that's kind of like a prerequisite. I think as part of that process, you really need to include the team up front. Um, But I think also, you know, to deal with that sense of maybe surprise or like, Oh, this is new. Um, to coach them through it because it can be like a, it's, 
we're, we're calling it identity for a reason, right? People have identity crises. People have, they need to be introspective every once in a while. So there's a sense in which if we don't really believe this, if our employees don't really believe this, then why would our customers, hmm. if our employees don't let this sink in and really buy into it, then why would we expect anyone else to like uh, the customers that we want to serve well, right? The relationships mm -hmm. that we're trying to build. And I've seen that in corporate America where a new CEO comes in, has the best intentions, um, and they come up with this whole like new values and, and, and it ends up being new, you know, slogans on the wall or new, you know, Microsoft teams backgrounds or whatever, <laughs> zoom backgrounds. Right. Um, but the employees weren't really brought along in that. Hmm. They didn't feel like a sense of ownership in that. So, um, or it just doesn't jive well with the culture that's already there. Hmm. So I think it, it's an important step. And like I said, I think, I think it really should be a part of the process up front too. I think yeah. that's a really good point, David. Thanks. Um, your, your brand is not this grab bag of things that, oh, that's cool. Or that sounds really good. Or, oh, I really like that. It should be more of a, of a whole team or whole brand collaboration. It's not one person coming in and saying, this is what I want. I want this, this, and this, this is how it's going to be. That doesn't work out. Um, because like you said, the brand is not just about one person. It's not about what's hot at the time. It's about the people. Yeah. Yep. Or whatever's politically correct at the moment or <laughs> yeah. trendy or yeah. Yeah. I mean, good luck with that. Right. It's going to change. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's, <clears throat> you know, going back to that, the previous episode, when we talked about how at the end of the day. The relationships are what matter, right? They're they're the reason that you're in business. They're really what's driving you is serving people well, serving your customers or your clients super well with the services that you have. And I think especially if you think about professional services, you think of accounting firms, so much of that service and that relationship is actually one-to-one, -one, right? Is the people in your firm delivering on the promises that you've made in your marketing and in your sales, right? And they're doing that day in and day out, minute by minute, hour by hour, phone call by phone call, or meeting by meeting with your clients. And so if your team doesn't understand why do we have these core values, what is this personality of our firm, then they're just going to act however they feel is right for that client in that moment. And while that might serve the client well enough, it won't connect with everything else that you're doing as a brand. And so in the long run, you're going to end up damaging that relationship. And so I think, I think a lot of it is like, why do we so adamantly say you got to start internally first or, or very early in the process, right? Um, maybe you don't have the luxury to say, hey, we're going to spend six months really internalizing the new brand before anyone ever sees anything. I mean, that probably isn't going to happen. You're going to have to launch that logo internally and externally probably around the same time. Yeah. Maybe staggered a little bit. And we could talk more about that as we get further into process here. But like your team has to be the brand. They are the, the like manifestation of your brand identity as an organization because you're a bunch of people on a shared mission, on a shared goal with a shared vision, trying to serve your clients well. Do that together, unified by your brand identity. Um, and if they're not on board, they don't understand it. They don't understand what the expectations of your brand are. I think like sometimes it's like, it's not just, oh, we don't understand what the value, what we value as an organization. It's like, well, what are the behaviors? What's the culture 
that actually exemplifies those values. Oh, now I know what I actually have to do today in order to live well within the brand, right? Um, so I think and we'll get more into that, but like, what are the things that you actually have to do? What are the behaviors that you need to instill in people um, to say, hey, this is our way of doing things and not any other firm's way of doing things. So I think, yeah, those are all really good points. I think, I think we got some really good ideas there. I don't think anyone would disagree with us on that. <laughs> Most firms I talk to, they go through some kind of rebrand or a refresh of their brand they understand there's some level of internal rollout, right? Yeah. We've got to get everybody on board. I love your idea, David. You've got to start there even in the definition process, mm -hmm. including people. I think like surveys are a great way to do that. Yeah. Interviews with people across the firm, um, you know, having maybe some, if you have a big firm, putting some committees together, right? That can provide input and feedback throughout your process that can just develop that this is our brand, not just one person or one team's brand. Or Oh, this that's just marketing. Marketing's got our brand figured out. That's their job. I don't have to worry about that stuff. Yeah. Or you think of your brand as a, like a, uh, an ad campaign or something like that, mm. where it's like, we're, we know we're going to change this in a year. So let's just figure <laughs> out what sounds really good now and do it really quick. Let's just get it done. Yeah. Um, that's not what we're talking about here. It's not yeah. an ad campaign. Nope. Yeah. Nope. All right, so um, can't can't your team just like catch up? Can't you just like start marketing your new brand or whatever kind of repositioning you've done, or maybe you've refreshed, you know, a lot of the core messaging? Can't you just like start launching that out in the marketplace and get those ads going? Yeah, Google the team ads. will catch up. Yeah, right. Is that is that okay? Can I just do it that way? <laughs> you could try. David's got pain face on. <laughs> yeah, pain face over here. Pain I don't know. Face. Yes and no. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say. I mean, there's a sense in which you need to move whether or not the whole team's on board, right? Mm. And in the marketplace, it's not waiting for you, right? Your yep. competitors aren't waiting for you, so it's gonna be messy. Let's just put it that way, and that's okay. It's okay for it to be messy. You're not gonna have a full, complete, 100% spotless, clean rollout of a brand new, you know, identity where everyone's on board perfectly and everything is executed perfectly. Like that's hard. Hmm. And I think it's okay to give yourself some grace as a company with that at the same time. No, you don't want to just go like leaping out into uh, advertising and marketing campaigns and new, you know, materials and whatnot, new messaging without a sense of a kickoff, some kind of internal presentation, some internal, you know, like roadshow, whatever mm -hmm. you want to call that. Um, cause communication is really important and it's a part of your brand too, right? Like how you communicate externally. Well, let's take care of the internal team first. So I don't know. I, I want to give, you know, companies that we work with that, you know, we mm -hmm. see out there that give them some grace that it's not going to be perfect and it's yep. not going to be every single employee is going to be a hundred percent on board. And, yeah. you know, so. Yep. No, I, I'd agree with that. It's mixed. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And there's like, you, there's just the reality of business, right? Like, sure. I can only do so many things at one time. So we're going to have to kind of piece these, just like we're going to have to piece our rollout out a little bit when it comes to external stuff, right? There's no such thing as like 100% perfect external rollout of a new brand. Same goes internally, right? right. And there are going to probably be a few individuals that are like, yeah, you know what? We've done what we need to do at a baseline level to help you understand what we're doing. 
you're still struggling, not sure you understand everything. Or you disagree. Or you disagree with it. Let's have that conversation, but yeah. we're also moving forward. Yeah. Um, you so know. at the end of the day, we got to make a decision and this is what feels right. Yeah. And so yeah. that's good. Yeah. What What are some of the outcomes or results or benefits that firms can expect from starting internally, right? Making sure that we're, hey, when we launch this, we're launching it internally and then we're moving to external launch. I'd say just uh, hopefully what your messaging feels like you hit the mark, right? Like the team that's actually executing um, does so in a way that is accurate, right? Mm. That that meets the criteria or the guidelines that we set beforehand. Um, I don't know. Just it's, so I don't know if there's a way to measure that necessarily, but it's uh, it looks and feels like what you what you'd planned right what yeah. you'd set out to do right um what else i think there's like consistency right just of like okay all of our marketing is gonna be super, super buttoned up right because we're we're gonna do it right well and we're gonna launch this thing well things are gonna you know new logo is gonna be rolled out everywhere new messaging we're gonna make sure we're, we've got that pretty well buttoned up but i think if if you just kind of have that mindset and then you don't think about your internal team the minute a potential client starts talking to someone they're getting very different messages they're probably going to get what they would have gotten before the launch right they're going to get a story or they're going to get an explanation of who you are and the firm that you are what you do who you serve from a previous iteration of the brand and so if you're rebranding or you're launching something new having everyone kind of singing from that same hymn book almost um if you want to use that kind of metaphor helps bring that consistency it reinforces all the messages you're going to be putting out in your marketing um with everyone who's internally doing it and it's also going to be like true right these promises you're making with your brand this identity you're putting out there isn't going to be in conflict with all the in-person experiences or the one-on-one experiences that clients are going to have where it's like, Oh yeah, the firm, when I talk to them or when I see their marketing feels one way, but then when I'm actually working with my accountant or I'm working with the receptionist or I'm working with some admin, I get a different feel. Yeah. Right. And I think that's where I think a lot of firms I mean, companies, right? Not not just in accounting or professional services, but almost everywhere. Like, that's the real rub of brand. It's kind of easy to button up your marketing for the most part. But then to get everyone internally in your company thinking that way and acting that way, mm-hmm. that's really what's difficult. And I think that's really what separates, like, great brands is that they have, you know, teams that are really well-trained, really understand the brand, understand what the values are, understand what the behaviors are that fall out of those values and they actually live them out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd expect the CSAT or your customer satisfaction scores would be better if mm-hmm. you roll out internally first, because like you're saying, those boots on the ground relationship on relationship kind of uh, interactions feel more consistent. They feel, uh, feel closer aligned to what, you've identified as being the new path forward. Yep. Um, well, hopefully too, going to going back to our last question, if you've started internally, even in your defining process, right? 
we're really trying to understand not not what does the marketplace want us to be necessarily, but what are we, right? What is our true identity based mm-hmm. on the people, based on our culture, based on the values that we actually demonstrate and live out? You know, sometimes what we say we value and what we actually demonstrate are different. But if we're actually building our values based on what we're actually doing, what we really care about, um, then rolling it out internally is not really a, a big push. Right. Right. It's like, it's just communication. It's a natural. And giving people tools. Conclusion, right? It's yeah. It's kind of like, well, this is, duh. Like, yeah. this is where this all makes sense. And most people in your firm should be like, yeah, yeah, this makes sense. I like this. I'm excited about this. Mm-hmm. I know we've worked with firms where <laughs> almost in some sense they're like so eager for the new brand that they're like hounding, they're chomping at the bit. Like, when can I see more? Like, mm-hmm. I saw little bits and pieces as you were working on it. I want to see more. Uh, when can I start using it? I remember we talked with one founder. We were working with uh, a consulting firm, and uh, their founder and CEO was had shared some of the new branding with everyone in the firm, and said, "Hey, by the way, like we're not ready to use this yet. So you know, just you know, don't don't use it yet." And the next day he got a deck that someone was preparing to give to a client and that person had gone ahead and used like the new logo and everything. <laughs> and he was like, you know what? They're so excited about it. I'm just going to let them do it. There like, you go. Just, the let's just do it. So, <laughs> yeah. um, well, and the, I was going to say another outcome or result is employee morale. Yeah. yeah. That's like a good said, one. They're excited. Yeah. They're motivated. Yeah. They haven't seen something like this in years, maybe. Yeah. And they're like, oh, thank God. It's like a breath of fresh air, you know? <laughs> it's finally happening. Yeah. I've heard that one, too. Some of that, I think, too, is <clears throat> is almost like um, common sense. Uh, for example, uh, you know, let's, let's think about like a name change. So you have a firm and the name is really long. It's hard to spell. It's hard to say. Uh, nobody says the full name anyway. And you make a decision as a firm and as a brand to change that name to something that maybe everybody already calls it or something that's shorter, easier, better. Um, That right there is like a, well, yeah, we should have done this a long time ago. Um, And then I have a kind of a, uh, a simple example of, of what this could look like practically um, of getting buy-in from, your team internally. So think about a logo. Um, and when you see a logo on the surface with no other context, you could have a myriad of different feelings towards that, that logo. Um, and I know there are people at certain firms and businesses who are, you know, really in love with their old logo. Um, Mm -hmm. and one way I think that we've seen, to really get buy-in from your team internally and really paint the, and not just like, Hey, well, here's a cool new logo, but you kind of educate them on here's our logo. Here's why this is our logo. Hmm. Here are the different elements that we incorporated into the logo that point back to this, this, and this, our beliefs, our core values, who we are, how we act. Um, and having that frame that, um, uh, that context, uh, we've seen it so often where it's like, Oh, wow. I didn't even think about that's really cool. 
and then they they get really excited about it and then everyone else on the team is like oh that's so cool like we didn't even you know we wouldn't we would never have known if you hadn't said that but it's like there's this connection it's not just like slap a new cool logo on it what are what are the design trends right now let's do that no it's something that actually connects back to who you are as a core and if your team members are bought into the brand they're going to buy into those different elements that are connected to the brand, the core mm-hmm. beliefs. So that's more of just a kind of a surface level. You know, we do a lot of logo projects as part of our brand work. But when you can paint the picture, when even even just a paragraph of text that says, here's the logo mark, here's what it means, here's why we did this and this and this. So powerful as as opposed to just like, here's a cool logo, here's some mock-ups of it on your building, whatever it is. Just that, that quick little context is like, oh, that is, we, oh, wow. Yes, yep. that's the one, right? So, well, and now they have a tool when they're talking about it with like clients or other stakeholders outside of the organization, right? You've empowered your own employees to basically roll out the brand for you. Yep. Um, where, you know, you would have to connect all those dots for anyone else that sees the new logo too, right? You're going to have to show people like why this logo matters at some level, especially established clients, right? They're the ones who probably are going to be the most likely to be like, oh, I don't know. I kind of like the old one. Mm. But when you connect those same dots for them, but yeah, you can do that formally in like a video or some kind of email announcement or whatever, um, or some kind of event that you do with all your clients. But what if you also have all of your people having been bought into that process who are like, oh yeah, we, you know, when the, when the CEO got up there or the managing partner got up there and they explained the logo and they showed us what it all, how all the pieces fit together and why we ended up with that, that just made so much sense to me. And now I can tell you, dear client, why this all made sense to me and hopefully it makes sense to you and your client's like, yeah, it makes great sense. I love it. So excited (laughs) for you guys. But now those two people are having a relation, they're building relationship right there over your new brand. Um, and you're building trust between you because you're both in on it, right? Not, no one's being like, we're imposing the new brand on you. Yeah. It's like, no, we're explaining it and we're yeah. getting, we're excited about it and we want you excited about it. Um, we want, we want you to know why we made these decisions. I think that's all about relationship building, caring for people well, building trust. Yeah. That's a good way to put it, Mike. Not imposing your brand on your team and almost feeling like you've leapfrogged over them to mm-hmm. get to market with something that's new and fresh. Right. Yeah. Now, let's let's be honest. There will be team members who will be like, I just don't care. Right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, good job. Well done. Yep. Love the new stuff. Don't care. Yep. Like, yeah. just give me my templates. Then, I'm good to go. Back to your cube, wench. <laughs> And that's fine too. Like that's part of the rollout is just saying, what do you need? I don't need all the backstory. I don't need to be, you know, I don't need to hear all the fluffy fun stuff. Just give me the tools I need to do my job and get out of my way. Give me my hex codes. Give me my font files. (laughs) Go away. But that's part of it too is like your internal rollout is as much about getting people excited and bought in as it is. Just giving them the tools they need to do their job, yeah. yep. making sure it's really easy to find stuff. Yeah. Like, do they have a copy of your brand handbook? Yeah. Is there a special folder? Is there a asset management tool that you're using? Right. Can they go find everything? Yep. 
Um, are there templates that are really easy for them to make or yeah. are they going to go screw it up because you didn't make them easy well, enough? Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's so important to be intentional about that stuff too because that is a part of your brand experience is how easy is it for your team to like interact with your brand? Yeah. Especially if it's this new thing that you're, you're excited about. Hopefully you're, you're putting some thought and some care into that, right? Yep. That's important. Yep. So Mike, we have to be <clears throat> honest as well and say that especially in larger firms, mm-hmm. there will be those that do not like <laughs> yes. the brand. There will definitely be detractors. What yes. do we do with those people? Yes. Mm. You're fired. <laughs> um, I think Back to your cube, wench. Yeah, I think maybe just having a designated part of the office where... <laughs> Yeah, maybe it's just an hour a day that they have to go spend, kind of like a shame room. Like, All right, it's that time of day. I think I think you you have a a set of cubes in the very middle, mm. and it's like an island. Yeah, shame island. Yep, and they have like bathroom passes. Yeah. and they can't leave without asking and permission. They can have all the old logo like logos on documents and stuff, but they cannot leave that island. Yep, they never yeah. see the light of day. There's a couple of reasons why they made terrible. Why don't they like it? So let's unpack yeah, that. Yeah, that's a, bit. a good question. So what typically have we seen? Yeah. Uh, when when we hear of that kind of feedback, is it that maybe they weren't included up front? I think that's a big one. And they're identifying, you know what? This doesn't really feel right. I think that's a really big one. Uh-huh. So I think one of it is just making sure your process includes people. Maybe think through who are some of your most uh, likely detractors up front, <clears throat> and make sure that you've you've built into your process some way to get their voice heard, mm-hmm. right? Whether that's, hey, they got included in an interview or they were part of an initial workshop or they certainly, they got the survey and they had an opportunity to voice their opinion on things. I think that's a big part of it. Um, for some, depending on their level in the organization, you might need to do some handholding, right? In that process of like, I know you don't understand why we're doing this. Let's sit down and talk. Let's try to take as much time as we can to really get you on board. How can we help you to see the value of what we're doing in this process? Why we need to rebrand mm. or why we need to change our logo or why we need to change some of our mess- our messaging. Um, what would help you in that? Yeah. And are these detractors ag- against the idea of rebranding or is it, I just don't like it. It turned out. Yeah. Ugly. It could be one or it, it could be either. Right. Yeah. It might just be they, they just never saw the value in doing any work to begin with. Right. Right. Or it could be we just don't like the outcomes. Yeah. Um, and that's fair. Right? And that's fair. I, I do think there comes a point in the process where if you've done that work to include them, hear their voice, get their feedback, they're consistently pushing back over and over and over again. That you kind of have to just say, look, this is this is where we're headed. And hopefully your leadership's bought in. <laughs> if they're not bought in, then you probably have some bigger issues. Um, and we've, we've encountered some of those types of clients uh, over the years, those kinds of organizations where maybe not all of your leadership's bought in. And that that is a more difficult situation. That's one where you probably need to take a few steps back and say, we need to have a way to make decisions uh, within our leadership and if we don't have that process in place if we don't have a way that where everyone can say I got my voice heard I disagree but I'm going to move forward right now if it's not leadership who's saying that and you've given them at least some level of voice 
and they're still detracting. Now it's time to just say, yep, this is what's happening. Here's the date. It's going live. <laughs> and and we're just not going to talk about it again, right? Um, like, the, we have to make business decisions. Yeah, we have to keep moving forward. And and you have that all the time. And this, maybe those employees weren't on board with other things to begin yeah, with. Right? They're just yeah. being sticks in the mud. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, it isn't, I mean, the larger the firm or the company, uh, the, or if there's a merger acquisition history or something, mm. you still have this infighting that yes. lingers. You have the residue from, the, yes. well, we used to do it this way, and then we used yeah. to do it that way. And so, yeah, and that points back to leadership. But, but that's a good reason to do a rebrand, yep. right? Yep. Is to get everybody on the same page. And then that, that probably also begs, like, you need to do some some more not not maybe not even more than another firm it just reinforces the value of training around your brand right that launching it is one thing but coming back and really almost institutionalizing it and saying over and over again repeating it over and over showing it over and over talking about it over and over and then saying what are the actual individual behaviors that exemplify our brand at almost an individual level, right? Maybe at a team level, at a whole company level, but even at an individual level, what does living out our brand look like? And doing that over and over and over again, are we living it out, reassessing it, reevaluating it, maybe every quarter, maybe every all hands, maybe every every year at some kind of annual leadership retreat, right? coming back to your brand over and over and over again to the point where like maybe some people have been around a long time and are like, Oh my goodness, we're going to go over the values again. Yeah, we are because we really actually care that much. And guess what? Susie next to you has only been here for six months. Right. She needs to hear them over and over and over again. Right. And she needs to see you demonstrating them over and over and over again. She needs to understand how we reward people for living out our values and living out our brand. Um, so I, I think, you know, for large firms, I think the merger and acquisition one, that's a really good point that you made. I think that's a big one because you have these like conflicting cultures at some level, right? Even when you find some commonality, there's always something that is different. Yeah. And um, sometimes it is the bigger fish that wins, right? Yep. So you know, the mm-hmm. people will kind of self-select and say, yeah, I'm down and I agree with the bigger brand's yeah. identity and I can buy into those values. Um, and then others won't. Yep. Yep. And at some level, like, you know, hopefully, you know, their process brings people along. There's going to be a few people, maybe a handful that just don't believe it. Right. And they'll kind of self-select out over time. Um, and, and that's at one level, it's sad, right? We don't love seeing relationships in, right. Going on and doing other things, but at the same time, part of the value, one of the results, one of the benefits you get from brand is solidifying everyone as I actually fit here. I'm buying in. I'm buying in. This is a place that I fit within my own personal values, my own kind of sense of mission and purpose fits this organization when you're not clear about your brand it allows for a lot of people to kind of be like well i think i fit here or i can kind of carve out my own little agenda 
and make things work for me, even though my personal identity maybe doesn't quite align with everything that we're doing here. Um, and being very explicit and specific with your brand allows everyone to be like, yeah, I fit here or I don't. Yeah. And you go, great. Let's, let's help you, you know, move on to the next thing for you that will be a better fit for you. Yeah. In the same way that a strong brand, uh, in a way kind of gets you to the right types of clients, Mm -hmm. uh, it can also kind of help you tailor your team. Yeah. Uh, to have the right people in the right seats who yep. want to be there, who are passionate about the brand yep. and not just like, eh, I don't really like it, but whatever. It's yeah. A, it's a job. I mean, we just talked to a firm yesterday who just, you know, kept, they said multiple times, like, we all love this firm. Uh, we love this brand. We, we love what we do and what we stand for as a company. And that's a 1500 person accounting firm. Like that's not insignificant to have a marketing team who's all on board. Um, you know, I, you know, question, is that true for all 1500? Probably not. Right. (laughs) There's, there's gonna be somebody in that mix. Who's like, yeah, I don't know. Like it's a job. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And that's fine. That's okay. And and like Sam said, I mean, same thing with your client portfolio. You're you're always going to have, you know, a small, hopefully small percentage. That's just not the best relationship or the best fit. Yeah. And the brand uh, helps with the clarity of where you're going and who yeah. you, who you want to be attracting. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, and we, we talk all the time, like your brand is like an arrow, right? Going at a bullseye. And if you miss the bullseye in the middle of the target, but you still hit the target, that's great. Right? Like that's, that's not a bad thing. Uh, we're always aiming, we're always shooting for, we're being as specific as possible to get to that target, but there's an area around it that's very safe and good, right? But if you don't have the art, you don't have the target, you don't know what the bullseye is, you're much more likely to just miss the whole thing altogether, right? And I think just like that works in the marketplace with clients, it's the same thing with your recruiting and your retention, Right. If we're really specific about what we stand for, what we believe, how we act, you just make it that much easier for everyone in your firm to be like, yep, I'm bought in. Or, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> or, that that's not going to be a good hire, right? They can self-select out even before you, you make the offer. Right. Um, that That's the ideal, obviously. Um, you're not even bringing them in. Okay, what pitfalls or challenges do we need to expect going into this? Maybe we've already covered these a little bit, but I think it's a good question to ask. Yeah. I think there's going to be, there's probably going to be hard questions. Mm-hmm. There's probably going to be some friction. Um, You're going to have some conversations. There's definite conversations. Like there's going to be some discussion that you're going to have to have. Yeah. This isn't going to just be like super easy wash my hands everybody loves it everyone's super excited about it yeah yeah or clarifying questions can be helpful too like what do we mean when we say this value here yeah can you explain that or elaborate on that and those are good things to discuss right on the flip side you're also going to get people who are going to say why can't i just have it right now let me use it (laughs) get out of my way yeah we've had that we've had calls um we had a client rebrand, launched it in January, and we did an all call with all their employees beforehand about a month or two before. And 
you know, we weren't ready to launch it publicly. That was not part of the plan yet. And we had people who were like, where's my stuff? Where's my templates? When can I see them? Like, what's, what's the date? Like, I mean, it was like, they were so eager to use it. Um, so I think just, I don't think it's a big challenge, but just being prepared for those people who are like, I'm ready. <laughs> Give it to me. Let's go. <laughs> and you're going to have to be like, okay, patience takes time to get everything ready. And here's the date. I think having a, a really good, you know, setting good, clear expectations of when things will be ready, where to find stuff, uh, what communication is going to go out. So even as you're thinking about internally rollout, you also need to be thinking, okay, externally, how are we going to be rolling this out and preparing our people to know what's being said out publicly? This is when the press release is going out. This is when we're going to send out this big video update. This is when we're going to be doing this event. Um, those are really helpful. Then they feel like they're in the know and they actually can speak to those things when they're talking with clients. That's a good point, Mike. Like thinking about, um, thinking about a rebrand or a brand refresh in a way of like, okay, how can we do this in a way? How can we roll this out internally so that we're serving our team members, Hmm. uh, well, and not, like saying, here it is. We launch it tomorrow. Um, make sure that you have all your templates ready to go. We're, Retweet everything yeah, we put out. Like, like serve, oh. serving your team well through that that process, um, giving them solid lead times to digest this stuff, to mm-hmm. learn about it, to incorporate it into their own work, um, and and not this like rushed. Guy, you know, we're doing this today and tomorrow we, we better not see the old logo ever again. You guys got to get on this. Uh, that's a good way to rub people the wrong way and probably have a bad first impression for that, that new yeah. brand. Um, so serving your people well through that, that's probably going to mean being better prepared mm-hmm. to roll it out internally, um, defining it well enough and clear enough so that there aren't just a ton of questions and you don't have answers to them. Um, and you know, fleshing out those different, um, you know, logo fonts, all these, all those different elements that people are going to want and need making sure those are ready to go and readily available. Yeah. Yeah, Like going back to what you said earlier, Mike, like you don't want to impose this on people. So I I think we don't want to be imposed. We don't want to be utilitarian. Hmm. Like I just slap, like slap this brand on and just start throwing out the new assets in the marketplace. Um, but I think, again, I just want to point back to another thing you said, if leadership hasn't fully bought Mm. into it, um, you rolling it out to your team and having them like sense (laughs) some kind of a disagreement or a disconnect between the leadership and the brand that you're proposing or presenting, that's going to be a problem. Anytime there's a disconnect there, you know, it's going to trickle out to your customers as well. Yeah. And the, the team really needs to be on board. And if your leaders aren't bought on, bought in, then yep. it, it's already failed. Yep. Even if you haven't started yet. Yeah. So I think even, um, empowering your team to help you roll it out. So like one thing that we've talked with a lot of our clients about in their rollout process is go enable your, your, you know, let's go do a quick look at your top accounts, your top client accounts, and then let's give your kind of account managers or whoever your kind of point person is for those accounts who has the relationship with that person from the client side, say, 
we're going to give you messaging and make sure you understand what we're doing ahead of time and send this out to them before even we do our big public reveal, right? So one, those people in your firm who have these deep client relationships are empowered to continue to be the point person and really earn that trust of like, hey, I'm getting this information before they've even made it public yet because I'm a valued client and I'm getting it from my contact who I have a great relationship with because they're in the know, right? They're empowered by you. Um, you know, you as in leadership or you as in the marketing team, if you're kind of responsible for the rollout, that's a little bit tactical, um, in the weeds, probably, you know, closer to your public launch, but just utilizing your own internal people to talk about the brand, maybe giving them like, Hey, you know, certain, certain accounts, let's go, let's give them a heads up before we do our big public launch maybe tease some of the logo or some things out to them so they can feel like, Oh, I'm in the know. Right. Um, and doing that through your, your individual team members who have those relationships. Yeah. It can be really huge. Yeah. Um, okay. What are some ways to engage internally with your brand? So what's the nuts and bolts? Like, how do we actually do this? Is there a process? Is there certain things we should be doing? Certain activities, certain touch points, assets we need to have. I think the this one's kind of wide open, but this is where the the rubber hits the road. Hacky sacks, obviously, would be so swag. Got to have some swag, huh? Yeah, yeah. That's swag is good. Swag is good. It's not necessary. It it it, it is funny. It's you know, having done branding for a long time, I think I've kind of like, yeah, okay, swag, whatever. But when I talk to clients and like the minute we start talking about swag, everyone on the client side is, when am I getting my stuff? (laughs) Like, when am I getting it? I want it. You know, it's like the logo becomes real when it's on a coffee mug. (laughs) Yeah. Well, (laughs) until then, I don't believe it's real. There's a way to do that well, too. Like, you know, sending out a, a, a pen and... Uh, a, ch- a chap, you know, a stick of chapstick, <laughs> and saying, "Here it is." You know, congrats, team member, on your new your new. Bra-. It's like <laughs> pe- people know when you put effort into something, yeah. And that's not a substitute for an actual like good quality rollout internally. <clears throat> um, if you give people what they actually would use or value, mm-hmm. sure, that'd be great. Um, I think uh, I think it it requires just a lot of FaceTime with people. Hmm. Um, you know, sending out a deck or uh, you know even a even a video recording of maybe the CEO announcing it to the team. That's great. Um, but you gotta you, do it. You gotta you gotta do it. But you gotta have some real personal interactions with your team around this stuff. Yep. I really like open Q and A's um, with the the rollout team. Yep. To your all, you know, an all hands type Q and A. Maybe run a couple of those. Yep. Capture as many voices as possible. Let them kind of go. You know, ask. You know, do a little presentation. Maybe like, hey, here's how we're planning to do the rollout. Here's some major milestones. Here's when you should expect some certain things. Um. Here's you know, if there's a press release going out, if there's an email blast, if there's videos that you're going to launch out to the public, giving everybody in the firm. Lots of heads up on those things, giving them a timeline. When can they expect to see, uh, you know, see different document templates? What do they do if they don't have something, right? Giving them a process for, hey, I, I, I use this document all the time. 
I didn't see it in the templates. Can I get something? What, what do I do with this, right? So, you know, if there's something they're using that has old branding on it, uh, giving them a, a process or a means by which to raise their hand and say, hey, I need this redone, or should I just continue to use it? Is there a different template I can use real quick and drop it in there? Um, that kind of stuff. Even just like, even before that, as you're thinking through like, you know, your process of including people of like, hey, giving them milestones even in the branding definition process of like, hey, here's the new values, here's the new personality traits, or when you get to the logo, here's the new logo. Um, let's explain it like you talked about, Sam. So that's kind of like earlier in that process so that by the time you're ready to actually launch, everyone's like, oh, I'm really excited about the logo. I've been waiting months for this thing to go live, right? Um, and then I think there's like these deeper ways to integrate that maybe are either before or even after your big public launch. Things like integrating your values and your anthem into your all hands meetings, right? Reinforcing them over and over again, having some kind of like feedback loop on that of like, how are we doing on these? Whether that, I don't know if that needs to be every month, but could be, could be every month. Even within your own individual teams, like maybe you have client service groups who are serving a particular set of clients or a certain industry or have a particular service you're offering, build that into your rhythm as a team of reviewing your values. What does this look like when we do it as our little client service group? Maybe they're not little. Maybe it's a big client <laughs> service group. But um, those are just a few things I've thought about. Um, some things that our clients have done. Uh, Onboarding is another big one. Yeah. Really I, big one. I feel like, um, you know, part of like brand tribes, um, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking consumer, I mean, not, not just B2B, but in consumer, that there, there need to be ways in which your customers and your audience can participate in your mm -hmm. brand that kind of internalizes it and they get excited about. So it's not just buying a product. It's not just, you know, watching an ad or something, but there's, there's, different like rituals or ways mm. that, you know, you can participate. I'm thinking of, I don't know. I mean, Apple is huge. It's yep. most, uh, yeah. Right. But there's ways in which Apple people participate in that brand that are unique, right? Yeah. Like lining up outside the store for the new iPhone yeah. might be one of them. Uh, I don't know, going to the genius bar or something like there's just different ways, like uh, the worldwide developers conference or whatever it's called, mm. right? When Apple does one of those, um, different brands can have different ways of um, allowing their audience to participate. And I think like you're, you're highlighting some ways, maybe internally we can, where you can do some kind of a ritual that's unique to us. Right. And trying to come up with that might be challenging, but there are creative ways to do that. I mean, I'm even thinking of uh, this just came to mind, but um, you guys know Dave Ramsey, who's like the mm -hmm. financial help guru guy. Um, they incorporated that debt-free scream, which I think is just a brilliant idea because the people come all the way to this show to to scream on on the air. Yeah, that's a ritual that they've baked into their branding. Yep. And I thought eh, that's pretty creative how they do that, and everybody knows what it is. Yep, and everybody kind of buys in, and internally they can do the same thing, right? Yep. Like you're on that same board or you're on that same path, right? Yeah. Uh, so maybe there's a way in which your business, even if it's B two B or something, maybe yeah. there's a way that you can participate in your product or you can participate in that 
uh, that brand tribe ritual. Yeah. Right? It's something that unites everybody. So onboarding is a good touch point for that. Annual retreats are a good touch point for that. Yep. Uh, celebrating something with someone in a way that only your brand would yep. do it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, think about like, you know, what are those those kind of meaningful touch points for employees? Just like you would with a client, right? You think about your client experience mm. and you can find these ways to kind of infuse your brand into that. Yeah, anniversaries. Right? Or, but do that with your people right. too, whether it's anniversaries, birthdays, big life, you know, moments. Sure. Um, I was even <clears throat> thinking like Chick-fil-A. My friend John was reminding me, John McCoy was reminding me the other day. Um, if you say thank you to an employee mm-hmm. of Chick-fil-A for their service, they don't ever say you're welcome. Right. They always say my pleasure. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's an extension of their brand and the values yep. that they hold. Um, because it, yeah, because it serves their your customer in yeah. that way. But I think, uh, I think one little, little, little thing that we do here internally is, um, kind of allowing team members to, to tell their own stories about how they've worked through a, a value or mm-hmm. um, an element of the brand for the, you know, the past week or month or whatever the time frame is and kind of storytelling uh, your way through your brand, through your, your team members like, Hey, all right, we're going to focus on this value today um, or this month. Um, let's talk about how we live that out yep. with our clients or with each other. Yep. Um, and you get different. That's how it's like, oh, we're just going to talk about the same thing over and over again. No, because it looks different um, with each team member and each interaction, each client. Uh, and that's one way you can kind of like really solidify that uh, that brand and the, the elements of that brand through the different ways your team members live it out. Yep. And I think even like case studying some of your top team members who are really exemplifying the brand. Um, I know of one pretty big accounting firm that I don't know if they've done it yet, but they were working on a panel discussion with some of their like really top kind of almost brand ambassadors, but it was a group of all their other brand ambassadors, all these like kind of point people in different regions who are, who are out networking, developing business and saying, Hey, let's gather them together. We're going to put on the stage three or four people who like are kind of seen as head and shoulders above everyone else doing a really great job and just say, let's, let's just ask some questions on like, what's working. What do you do that like really is helping exemplify the brand out in the marketplace? Now that's a very outward focused, like what's working for them. You could do that internally too. You know, you could say, Hey, let's reward each other. Let's, let's um, acknowledge each other for when we do live out the brand well right so whether that's a rewards program or just some kind of way of highlighting people you know i think everybody's got like an employee of the month type program do that like don't not do those things but how do you put your own brand kind of infuse your brand into it you know maybe it's instead of rewarding people just for top performance reward them also for like you demonstrated or lived out the values and your peers are the ones who voted on that and said that that you were the one or nominated you or something like that. So I think those are, those are cool. Those are good ways. Anything else on that? Nope. I think we covered a couple here. Um, how do you engage different experience levels with your brand? So you've got different team members who are different levels of experience. So maybe, you know, you obviously got very experienced partners who maybe have some equity in the company, in the firm, all the way down to like someone who just got hired yesterday, entry level, knows 
just getting their feet wet in the industry. How do you engage them or do you need to engage them differently with your brand? Well, you would hope a long time, you know, partner of the firm, or maybe it's just a really, really solid long time um, employee of the firm had been involved in that process already. Yep. Um, we've had that with, with clients who bring in, you know, obviously leadership teams, but then like key employees who um, handle really key aspects of the business and they make them a part of that, that branding process because they want their, that person has been in the brand for sometimes two to three decades. Hmm. So they're a part of that process already. Um, and I think, you know, if, if you don't start with that, we've already talked about it, but if you don't include those people, uh, <laughs> not as like they get to make all the decisions, but they're part of the building process there. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to do that. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe maybe experience levels or or even just um, you know how close are these folks to the client or to the customers? How much are they going to be impacted by a rebrand? So if someone is actually messaging on behalf of your company, then obviously you need to engage them differently than someone who's mm-hmm. uh, you know they're in the mailroom. I don't know <laughs> what, what's a good example. Do we still have mailrooms? <laughs> mailrooms. That's cool. Yeah, actually, some, uh, I'm sure some firms do. Really big companies. Fortune, whatever, two companies, whatever. Yes, they do. Um, which is surprising, actually. <laughs> but, but yeah, you, you, if you have, um, if you're expected to message on behalf of your, if how closely you're expected to embody the brand, mm-hmm. right, to live out the brand. Now, we're all expected to, on yep. so, in some sense, we're yeah. expected to participate in the brand. But if you are the face of the company in a, in a way that's more impactful or pronounced than someone else, then maybe you need to be engaged differently. Meaning, yes, Sam's right. You're you're involved up front. You're instrumental in defining yep. and articulating uh, and in validating and mm-hmm. going, yep, yeah, nope, that doesn't feel like us. Yes, that does. Uh, because you know what customers react to. Yep. You know what turns people off. You know what the customers go, yeah, no, I'm not, not going that direction. Uh, and you know what they what they want and what what serves them well. So um, those those employees definitely need um, more engagement. They need more um, ownership. Yep. And uh, it's going to be different than somebody who okay maybe not the mailroom maybe yeah. But even at, I mean I'm thinking about like delivery drivers yeah. or no they still yeah, need to I mean, know they all need to be a part of it. It's just uh, how much emphasis you place on mm-hmm. um, you know the execution. It's probably a different scale for yeah. different employees. Yeah, and I think um, I don't know if this is a hard and fast rule, but generally, those with more experience, either in the industry or in your firm, versus those who are maybe very new, young, inexperienced, um, one probably has more of a conversational element to it, where it's like, hey, we got to kind of talk to you get your feedback it's a discussion it's a back and forth the other one's a little bit more it's training right for someone new to your firm it's really more about just training them right it's not so much a conversation like you're coming into this brand new you don't know our brand um you're just trying to get introduced you're just trying to understand and get your feet set so let's give you some really good tools to get your feet set with this new brand that you're coming into 
uh, versus someone who's been in the firm for, you know, 20, 30 years. It's like, yeah, you're going to be doing a lot of conversation with them. Um, they're almost setting their, they're setting the, the stage for the brand itself, uh, hopefully involved in your process of defining the brand and, and rolling it out. Um, but yeah, I think that's not a huge one, but that's kind of an important one. I think a lot of people maybe gloss over a little bit. All right. Uh, just a couple more here. What tools are helpful in communicating the brand? How do we move beyond just posters and backgrounds? I can think of some easy ones. Brand handbooks. We call them remark books. And ideally ones that aren't just like, here's how to use the logo. Here's the do's and don'ts of the logo and the colors. But something that actually sets the definition of the brand. Like, here's how to talk about us. Here are some tools to think about our values, what behaviors look like that exemplify our values. Here's the personality of our firm. Maybe use an archetype or a brand metaphor to help make that real for people. Give yeah. them something they can kind of latch on to. I think a video would be really helpful. I love that. Like explain. Yep. I don't know. Explainer video is the right term, but a video that conveys it. Yeah. Maybe similar to the handbook, but it's just a different way of kind of showcasing the different aspects of your brand yep. the brand story you want to tell that brand story that anthem yep. in a way that's just more uh, impactful yep yep we've done some of those with clients and those mm -hmm. are really helpful yeah i think especially in professional services if that comes with a face usually you know your managing partner or someone in leadership or maybe have a few different ones as a part of that um, I think that helps reinforce like, hey, we're all in this together. We're all moving in this direction. We're all really excited about it. And here's what we here's what we say. Here's what we do. Here are the behaviors that really exemplify who we are. Mm. One of the one of my favorite things that that we get to do when we uh, help someone rebrand is um, we we help them define their values, but we're not just listing out four or five words that everybody mm -hmm. agreed on we're actually like we're almost we're, we're like taglining each of those values so for example a value of um innovation um okay that's that's great for your firm um and I, it's true for for who you are as a firm but let's take it beyond the word um don't just stop at that um and we we usually like to come up with a, a little catchy like catchphrase for each value that kind of harkens back to the firm itself. And sometimes those are fun. Sometimes they're, they're, um, uh, you know, kind of a, a pun mm -hmm. if you will. Uh, but it's something memorable. It's more memorable than just a word, uh, that anybody else can say is their value. We, we craft that down to, to, to their specific individual brand. And then we, we flesh it out from there too. I mean, it's usually two yeah. or three paragraphs of description of, here's what this value is and this is what it means for our brand. It's what it means to us. This is how we live it out. This is what we don't do. This is what we do. Um, that to me is just a way to take it beyond a list of like, Oh yeah, everybody says that about their firm. No, it's like, this is a <laughs> quality. This, yeah. Quality. <laughs> um, so that, that's one of my favorite things about what we've, what we've been able to do for different firms um, is really narrow it down and focus it to that specific brand. Yeah, and those slogans can become 
artifacts in and of themselves. Like put that, put that on a t-shirt, put that on a coffee mug, put that on some swag. Um, it has so much more meaning than just putting your logo on stuff. Um, and if you're done right, some of those slogans might even be, you know, worthy of customer facing, um, you know, being, being client facing as well. But I, I think it really turns your brand into something that isn't just on a piece of paper, isn't just in a brand handbook, but is like usable and you can put it in a lot of places just to remind people over and over. Oh yeah. That's when I work here, that's what we mean. That's what we stand for. That's what we do. Um, those slogans are super helpful for that. Yeah. Yeah. I love those. Uh, I mean, there's tons and tons of tools. We, we talked about a lot already, but just stuff like running, you know, regular workshops around your values, around your anthem, how to explain it, maybe running some workshops on like how to network well, you know, really go out there and exemplify the brand, use the right terminology. So we're consistent but without also being like a robot, right? Just like, oh yeah, I memorized the the you know thirty second script. <laughs> it's like no, kind of, kind of make it yours, right? Maybe yep. use your own voice and how you say that when you're out talking with people, networking or whatever. Um, obviously, all of the like actual client facing tools and marketing tools; those are really important. Um, I love just even assessments, right? Just like, hey, how are we doing on these? Whether that's a survey or more of a workshop type assessment, something where you're kind of regularly checking in and saying, are we living out the brand? How are we doing on that? Where do we need to improve? Where do you need to improve? Maybe you personally need, you know, need to have a little bit more focus on one aspect of the brand or another. Yeah. Um, I got one. Yeah. Feeding your values and brand personality traits and brand story into chat gpt mm. to inform it inform um, this it is our brand yeah. right to this that's kind of, it sounds silly but it's true if you're using that it's a great way to tailor that content to your voice and your mood your values and your traits yeah the employee you never knew you had that's right chat gpt make sure he's on board yeah or she or it or whatever yeah. free intern <laughs> All right, how do you keep the flame alive? All right, we're we're a few years in. We've launched it. We're living it. We're doing it. Maybe it's starting to get a little old. Yeah. Man, we're we're seeing that slogan again. Man, I've seen it so many times. We're using that color still. Ah, oh, it's been five years. What do you what do you say to the partner of your firm that that flame alive that walks in the door and says we we need something fresh we need something new (laughs) we haven't changed anything in years no we have not this is our brand yeah it depends on what it is I guess there's certain there's certain um, you can always be discovering new ways of expressing the brand that already is true Um, and you can be creative with that so. Hopefully your brand is built in such a way that and defined in such a way that there's still freedom. There's still flexibility. Um, You can get creative within the boundaries of what still feels authentic because ultimately at the end of the day, what we preach is authentic identity. So it needs to feel real. That's the most important part, but yeah, things do get stale. It does get old. It may not hit the way that it hit five years ago and that's okay. There's freedom to be creative and try 
what's uh, some other ways of saying this, right? What are some other ways of exploring what's true about our identity, but communicating it differently? Um, so yeah, different phrases, different slogans, different ways, but as long as our values and the things that we know are true to our identity are not on the chopping block, yeah. uh, because that's, that's a recipe for disaster. Cause then yeah. you're going to just be looking for newness without truth yeah. without sincerity. Yeah. So, you don't want to be changing your DNA. Right. That, that get, get kind of, that gets kind of ugly. That is also unethical. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Not in China. Uh, not going there. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to lose all our Chinese clients. I think, uh, David, to your point, I think uh, if you if you go into a rebrand thinking this is going to solve every problem that we have as a company, it's going to automate our marketing, everything's going <laughs> to be super easy, this is the one fix all thing for our firm. Fat uh, not going to work. It's kind of like a marriage. If you go into a marriage thinking like, this is going to be great for me. I'm going to get so much out of this. Like, yeah, maybe two or three years down the road, you're like, what is going on? Um, but if you go into, if you go into a brand, um, or a rebrand with kind of the right, the right mindset of, we want to know who we are. We want to know our authentic self as a brand and we want that to inform everything we do. It doesn't mean that we are so strict that it looks and sounds the same for the next 20 years, mm -hmm. but it's the set of almost like a set of rules that guide you. It's a mm -hmm. guide. It's a guidepost. It's a kit. It's a kit. It's a, and, and that's why we like the Remarka book uh, or the brand handbook so much because it is always there and it's always referenceable. Um, and for all you marketers out there who, you know, you have a, a campaign coming up or you need to design a new banner or whatever it is, you have this set of rules and this guide that you already know is in place mm -hmm. that you work from and it constrains you in a good way. Um, because the world is not your oyster, right? You're not <laughs> picking an orange color or Kelly green when that has nothing to do with your brand. You have these, these guides that, that you can work from. Um, and, uh, at the end of the day, like you said, David, you hope that the brand is constructed in a way to where there's still freedom to mm -hmm. work from that, but there's not so much freedom that everything's different every time you, you know, right. start with a blank canvas. Yeah, it should, there should be enough material there that it's like it's concentrated and it's well-defined, but it still can provide inspiration. Yeah. It still breathe new life into new ideas and new ways of expressing. Um, but yeah, you're not changing values. You're not changing your core authentic identity in any way. You're just changing how you express it. Yep. And it could look different. I mean, talking about a marriage, I mean, a good marriage that lasts 40, 50, 60 years, right? There's different expressions of that marriage there's different ways in which you know you relate to your spouse over the decades and things that you experience together are different and there's different ways you know because if you go to the same date place every single year you know five ten years and we're going to the same place it's like oh this is getting old can yeah. we try something new or the same vacation spot uh -huh. you know we yeah. go to the same place every single year okay yeah it's, it was good for back then but man i'm ready for something new that's okay yeah. it's okay yep. uh, there's freedom yeah. I think, yeah, not losing the core. Right. And that, that we talked, I mean, we've talked a lot about this before in past episodes. We talked about a ton in our book. Um, 
you know, the core elements of your brand that really should not be changing. We talked about values, talk about your personality, right? If you're, if you got split personality disorder, you got real issues, right? Um, and then the further, the, the further out you go, the more freedom you have, right? So something, an asset that's very close to your core is your logo, right? It's, it's pretty close. It isn't in that conceptual definition stage. It's one level outside of that because it's visual. It's a visual expression of your brand. But it's probably one of the most unique symbolic elements of your brand that if you start messing with it a lot, you're going to confuse people, right? Things like colors, that gets a little bit just one step outside of your logo, right? Same thing with fonts. You get to like patterns and textures. You get to like photo styles. You get to like tertiary elements or icons or like other visual expressions or even like some of the writing that you've done, right? These things are less and less as you move further and further away, less and less close to your core. You might have a little bit more freedom with those things. Now, you mess with them enough, enough times, and you'll lose some of that identity. But... You have some ability. That's why I also think like having a lot of freedom within the palette or within the constraints that you do create, right? So making sure that like, oh, okay, if we're going to have some colors, let's maybe not have three. Let's maybe have three primary, a few secondary, and then some tertiary colors. Because we know that in five years, we're going to want to kind of mix it up a little bit. Which ones get reinforced? Maybe even give yourself some um, examples of how you can use those in different ratios right um i can think of i know with our own brand handbook i think i think we've done it with one or two other clients of like actually giving them ratios of colors and saying hey these are like kind of the best ratios and there's like 20 of them right so there's a lot of variety there when you're picking out textures or you're picking out patterns or you're creating photo styles give yourself lots of ammo to work with right lots of different options up front in your own brand guidelines knowing that the people working on your stuff who are creating your marketing are probably creative people they want to have some flexibility they want to have some options just don't give them open-ended like anything is possible right but also don't be so closed that it's like oh i have no options right everything looks exactly the same every single time every campaign that we put out just has the same layouts, the same colors, the same, like, it's just like, oh, this is really going to be hard. This can be hard for your creatives. Also, you know, it's going to come down to your brand too, right? If the core of your brand is we are very conservative, we don't ever change, we are tried and true, we just, we're just black and white. Okay. Let's have a visual expression of that. Let's have a verbal expression of that. Don't stray too far or, or we won't be black and white anymore. <laughs> so maybe you're a more fun, colorful brand. I don't know. So that's good. Uh, that kind of wraps up this one. Next time we're going to jump into, all right, you're ready to launch. What do you do? How do you start to get out in the marketplace with your brand and really build relationships well with your brand what are the first things you need to worry about so that'll be on our next episode that talks on these topics might have a couple other episodes somewhere in there about some other things that we're working on so yeah we're excited to have everybody back listen in on the next one
Remarka Brand Podcast is a project of Resound and is recorded in Tempe, Arizona with hosts Mike Jones and David Kosand. It's produced and edited by Sam Pagel. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and at RemarkableCast.com. If you'd like more episodes, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you prefer to get your podcasts. To contact the show, find out more about the Remarkable Brand Podcast, or to join our newsletter list to make sure you never miss another episode, check out our website at RemarkableCast.com. Copyright Resound Creative Media, LLC. 2022.